Holding Up is sponsored by the North Coast Co-op and Humboldt Hydroponics. You know, uh, the North Coast Co-op, it's no no mystery that it's the favorite grocery store of Humboldt Holding Up. We go there for lunch all the time. Andrew, I know you love the solids. Also the and... Poke Bowls. But I shouldn't, <laughs> say, I shouldn't say that out loud because then there'll be a rush on the Poke Bowl. <laughs> well, anyway, whatever it is that you love, they've got it there at the North Coast Co-op. Go check them out at both Arcata and Eureka. And Humble Hydroponics, they are located at 1302 Union Street. That is uh, right next to the Broadway Cinema, unless in case you don't have a map in, in your brain. Uh, you can visit them there, and their knowledgeable staff will help you with all your growing needs. Humble Hydroponics, locally owned and operated for some time. It's Humboldt Holding Up, the Humboldt County podcast that's just a jump to the left and then a step to the right, et cetera, et cetera. My name's Andrew Goff. But it's the pelvic thrust that really drives you insane, I've heard people say about this podcast. I'm Stephanie McGarry, so uh, thanks for joining us. Obviously, you couldn't tell by golf's silly intro yeah well that's because uh today on the show you know as we as we continue to try and get back to some semblance of of humble life as it was uh give or take maybe you're saying to yourself it's time to go to the theater to the theater and, uh, yeah and and so with that in mind uh we invited today's guests on to talk about the Ferndale Repertory Theater's upcoming production of the Rocky Horror Show. So today we're going to be talking to Holly Portman, who plays Janet, and Craig Woods, who plays Brad. But also, full disclosure, uh, while we have two official guests on today's show, we in fact have three Rocky Horror stars here today introducing Stephanie's extracurricular activities. Uh, I've been outed, yes. I confess that I too am in the upcoming production of Rocky Horror as Columbia. Mm-hmm. How much you know. tapping? How much tapping had you done prior to this uh, show, Steph? I had done little to no tapping yeah, just, prior just to, to this raise show. the stakes a little bit. Let everyone in Humboldt know that no tapping had occurred in your life until yeah, you I, took on this role. I mean, I it had occurred in my life. I think I did it, you know, as a kid. But yeah, definitely not a super uh, <laughs> trained tap dancer. Yeah. But I hope that it will be good enough that to most people, maybe it will seem. Like I have more experience than I do, but anybody who's in the audience who like really knows how to tap probably will realize that I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. But yeah, so we're doing a kind of a crossover today, uh, just shamelessly promoting a show yeah, that I'm getting, gonna be in, getting butts in seats, using That's my right. own platform. Right. <laughs> so yeah, Ferndale uh, reps Rocky Horse Show opens this Friday. Why don't we get Craig and Holly in here and uh, let's do the time warp again. Let's do it. Uh, so maybe right off the top, why don't we just do some some quick inter- introductions? Maybe just uh, you know tell people who you are and and some of your local credits. Craig, why don't we why don't we start with you? Yeah, my name is Craig Woods. I am here in Eureka and I lived here my whole life. I work okay. at the Humble Area Foundation, Wild Rivers Community mm-hmm. Foundation as the director of grant making. And my passion also on the side is to sing and uh, got me into like the theater circuit here. And so I'm really involved with Ferndale Repertory Theater and I'm also on their board of directors. And so from time to time, I like to do the the fun play of it all. <laughs> so I'm currently in Rocky Horror. So we're excited to be here to talk about that. Have you done a lot of other musicals with Ferndale Rep or other? Yeah, I try to, you know, do a couple of 
I think maybe 10 years ago is when I first started and I tried to do a couple a year. Now it's more like maybe one a year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, or like one every two yeah. years after the last yeah. couple of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. We take time right. off for pandemic and then back. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> what about and you, then, Holly? Uh, yeah. So I'm Holly Portman and I play Janet. I'm from Detroit and I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in theater from Wayne State, which is in Detroit, and lived in Chicago a bit, moved here. Uh, I'm also, I work in occupational therapy, so I work in the skilled nursing facilities here and in McKinleyville schools. Okay. And I have done local shows here. My first show was at for Mill Rep was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. I saw you in that one. Um, I played Honey in that, and uh, which is a very different role. I, I actually play different roles here than I ever have in Chicago or Detroit. More nice. Nice. <laughs> um, have you been getting typecast? I'm feeling that now after you mentioned uh, Virginia Woolf. I'm like, are you, do you get kind of typecast as, a, as the well, nice? <laughs> no, I'm still new here. So yeah. I, I typecast, which is cool, though, because I have never played these sort of ingenue, nice, scared, sweet bird roles. Um, <laughs> I just never thought, you know, I could play those. But I'm embracing it and loving it. Mm. So I played Honey. I played Miss Honey in Matilda. And I I broke the typecast playing uh, Charlotte Charlotte Corday in The Revolutionists at Redwood Curtain. She stabs a guy. Oh, his- okay. <laughs> so- not, not sweet. <laughs> it was intense. You did a great job. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, so not always kept uh, typecast. Well, I, I thought we could just start out maybe by like taking some time to, you know, essentially celebrate the the resilience of, of Humboldt County theater community a little bit. You know, we just had this this COVID time off where there wasn't much happening. But, you know, thinking of, of how it was before that, I think this is another area where, where Humboldt overachieves, you know, like despite our population and our geographic isolation, you know, in pre-COVID times, there's a lot of theater it seems to be coming back and... You know, I'll, I'll, I'll confess, I'm not someone that gets out to every show that's staged locally, but when I do, you know, I'm always struck by like the, the, the commitment of everyone involved to provide something genuinely entertaining. It seems to require a lot of ingenuity because you're, you're pulling off these productions in spite of meager budgets and mostly volunteer energy. Uh, how, how would you both kind of like assess the, the Humboldt theater community? What do, what, what do you think it does well? Well, it's definitely like a committed group of volunteers and folks that make it happen for each show or even when the show is not happening that keep that energy and momentum going. And I think like the COVID of it all and the unfortunate like pausing of theater to keep everybody safe, like also demonstrated the resilience and commitment of those folks and that community of people. So it's been pretty cool as we're like ushering back into this world or dipping our toes back into live theater, just seeing how, you know, if anything COVID has taught us as we try to like reintroduce or get back into some quote unquote normalcy, we're continuing to have to always adapt because, you know, the pandemic will continues to shift and change. So like whatever policies we put in place, whether it be for audiences or for the rehearsal period, you know, it trends with the evolution of the pandemic. So at every turn, there's something new. We got to like, okay, we're going to shift. Oh, we're going to do this. Oh, we're going to have to pause the production again. So particularly like Rocky Horror at FRT, like we were to do 
do this the first show of the 50th season so we were supposed to open the season with it and then that's when this kind of the delta variant was spiking so we mm. had to close it down again and then push it to the spring so we have all these folks that have been waiting for a while to do the show again and then at this time having to kind of even adjust our policies again as we've made it through to make sure that we're being safe and able to put on a a, a good show and people can feel comfortable uh watching it so yeah mm. no. any, any thoughts on the, uh, to add holly yeah well just come from uh city theater and you know that includes kind of more sprawling type theater this is very different than any place that I've ever done theater and I just it's such a tight-knit community from my perspective just everyone's so wonderfully welcoming and um supportive and I just I don't know I I never want to leave for that reason Uh, I just haven't had that experience you know you can find your little groups and your little pockets in the cities but it's not to say that it's all we have but you know, we're not near any big city. So community theater and, and little projects we do are, are sort of one thing we have. And so I think that the arts are valued more in that way. Yeah, I've had a lot of people, you know, heard a lot of people come here, you know, whether they're doing live theater or they're, they're like a, a musician who comes here to play, you know, we have some people who really like to return to Humboldt you know, even sometimes some slightly bigger names at like center arts things and stuff, because, you know, they always say like, we just love the audience here so much. And I'm sure they say that, you know, everywhere you're supposed to be like, this is the greatest city in the world. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah. I mean, people say like the audience is so warm here. And so, you know, I, I'm curious to get your perspective on that, yeah. Holly, of like having come from performing in a city you know, to being here, like, how does it feel? Do you, do you get that? Like, you know, you get a standing ovation at like every show in, <laughs> in Humboldt. Yeah. And it's, it's just, you know, because there's I, maybe more theater in a city environment, you do tend to have smaller audiences because you have more to compete with. Right. So when, you know, there are fewer options, more people come to see it. And I think it just speaks to, you know, obviously we accept that the shows aren't perfect and we're doing it at least Except I'm this show. It. This show is going to be perfect. This show. <laughs> yeah, this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's just more to me a reminder that if you want to do some theater, if you've been thinking about it, if you like to sing, if you like to dance, be silly, there's a place for you and the audience and the, the theater community embraces that and encourages you know I, I don't know yeah exactly like you said the standing ovation it's like whoa really you, like, you yeah. like having- <laughs> I feel I feel like it's like audiences here they don't necessarily believe that they deserve to be entertained it's like oh it's always like a tr- it's like a surprise like whoa I, wow you you did something for us we, we I, I don't know that we earned it but yeah thank you thank, <laughs> thank you anyway yeah <laughs> like it's like, and even though we actually like you've mentioned many times golf kind of gets spoiled like overachieve in theater we get actually get a lot of good live music here for like such a small and rural place we still seem to have that like oh my gosh wow like every time (laughs) so of course we're here you know mostly today to talk 
about Rocky Horror. And I'm just wondering, you know, have have either one of you ever done this particular show before? Have you ever done Rocky Horror? I've not, no. I've seen it, you know, Ferndale Repertory Theater actually did this maybe five, six years ago, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. not too long actually, ago. Yes, I actually went and saw yeah. it there. And I, that was the first time I ever saw it. And I was, well, this is different and cool. Uh, yeah. And I hadn't, at the, that time, you know, I'm like late to the party here, but hadn't seen the, the, the movie uh oh. in it since and yeah so i've been newly introduced into this whole world and the rocky world that is and been yeah. enjoying that for sure yeah mm-hmm. it's the same for you holly i've never seen the stage version at this point i've seen youtube videos and i you know i have seen the susan sarandon movie i wasn't even going to audition because i thought oh well you know i'm not a super fan i don't know the happenings and the things people yell and but it's been kind of fun just the people who are really have brought the rest of us along in the excitement and I just I don't think I've ever been in a show that everyone is so excited for and that (laughs) within the cast we've cheered so much for each other yeah yeah totally well yeah I mean I I think it's safe to assume that anybody listening to this is probably pretty familiar with Rocky Horror at least the movie you know I think a lot of people don't know that it was like a show before it was a movie you know it was originally a stage performance then became you know the the 1973 film that or was 75 75 something like that and and it's become this cult classic and and for anybody who isn't familiar you know it's very different from other shows because of this level of audience participation. You know, it's like generally you go to theater, it's not usually people aren't yelling out. <laughs> I mean, they'll clap and laugh and like there's always a, a certain level of audience participation, but you know, in this one it's it's very much a part of the show. So, you know, as both being new to this, how is it adapting to that? How does it feel? I know we haven't actually performed it yet, but even just in rehearsals like knowing that you're playing characters that people just call just yell out slut and asshole to (laughs) throughout the whole show how does it feel being called a slut and an asshole like all the time during a show you are like working so hard on yeah okay well my favorite part of theater is when something happens a line is missed you know a prop is missed and you have to just work work out so this is another level though that I have not experienced you know array type shows or drag type shows where it's interactive on purpose but this is you know we're talked to hold for a laugh and that sort of thing it (laughs) I don't I haven't quite formed an opinion yeah (laughs) I because I'm so just you know new to it and um I don't mind being all the slut it's not (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 with love it's obviously yeah. with love you know so yeah I'm just excited for the complete living in the moment of it and reacting you know and having no idea so it's it's both terror and excitement that I'm feeling right now yeah no no, no wait a minute like are, are are the audiences that will attend this show are they encouraged to do the audience participation oh. like they would at a midnight yeah yes Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And okay. if people right. if people aren't familiar with that, I understand some folks might not have been familiar with Rocky before. Like there will be bags of like audience participation bags available uh, for purchase, with also like a key of like when to say things and when to use the prop or the thing. So we'll kind of guide people through it. So it's definitely encouraged. We give you instructions on, on how to do it. Yeah. And to answer your question, Stephanie, I, I both uh, 
excited and nervous about it and the same way that Holly was talking about because in some ways it feels like it uh, takes the pressure off a little bit because the audience is kind of staying the lines with you right, um, right. and also they know it so well so you better not mess it up so they can do their lines you know what I mean so um, right. and in our um, in our rehearsal period I mean you've been there so you know this it's like people on the production team have been trying to get us ready for that and like calling out new things that might like trip us up in the moment mm -hmm. and each day it's like a little different so yeah. I mean, Holly and I were driving home from rehearsal. Uh, we were carpooled and driving back from rehearsal yesterday and talking about how like no one performance will be the same in any way because there's always going to be a new callback that we haven't heard at a yeah. maybe that seemed like an inopportune time, but but we yeah. have space for it. So it just makes it a fun, tricky adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like that's always the case and part of what is is so fun. It's like Holly mentioned before about live theater, you know, something that people like about seeing things live is that fact that people may mess up and and when they roll with it, when they roll with that moment, those those usually end up being some of the best moments. It's like and so when something is live, of course, you know, by its very nature, it's never going to be the same twice. You know, when you have different, when you have a different audience, a joke one night might kill. And then the next night it's just crickets. It's like, it's just so weird how different the audience can be. But, but in Rocky Horror, it's just like even more so because <laughs> yeah, because it's like, you don't know. And I do really appreciate that we have some, a couple cast members and production members that like are, are such fans that they know like some of the really obscure call outs like things I've never heard before <laughs> or that they're obviously just making up like people have come up with some new ones and ones that are like more you know local like you know right. something about more like Humboldt focused and things and so that has been very fun and, and funny I'm interested to see how it's gonna be during the show. I think we probably have some of the biggest Rocky fans, uh, you know, in Humboldt County in the production. That's, that's <laughs> so I don't true. know how many. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. It would probably be the loudest people in the audience if they were in the audience. So I don't know how the audience is going to compare. Particularly David, our music director, has so <laughs> into it. It's so fun to see him just really like live out his a callback fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. You know, you mentioned before, Craig, that this show was supposed to open out the, you know, the season in in October of 2021. And, you know, so now it's opening this Friday. So we're doing this, you know, an early summertime Rocky Horror, which is pretty unusual. Yeah. I don't know exactly how this cult aspect of Rocky Horror came to be, but it has become this tradition that Rocky Horror is a usual is usually on around Halloween time, both the movie and live theater productions. It's like a Halloween show. It's just this kind of rule of Rocky Horror. And so, you know, we're not doing that. You know, we we were trying to bring it back in October when we felt like we were, you know, in this good place with COVID, people were getting vaxxed and it felt like maybe it was time to bring back, bring back live theater. And then what happened? <laughs> Right. Then the Delta variant gone our way. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you could just, you know, talk a little bit about how it's been for you guys, like now finally getting back to live theater, you know, after all these false starts. Yeah. I think, you know, the theater first started dipping our toes back in, in I don't know, November or December when we did like a live radio play. 
uh, small live radio play with like a limited audience. Then we had Noises Off in which Holly was part of and that was awesome. And then that was our first full stage production since the pandemic. And then Man of La Mancha after, and then, then we started to get back into Rocky time. So I think when did we start rehearsing again, you guys? Was that March that we kicked off rehearsals again? So wasn't yes, that, long ago. that sounds right. Yeah, so it was around then. So I, for me, I came back really excited to like get back into the the swing of things and just this, you know, <laughs> that an- anticipation and that we've been waiting to do it for so long. And uh, I was like, anticipation. Yeah. So uh, the anticipation of it all, and then uh, the excitement about it all, and just like again going back to the like, okay, and remember we have to be adaptable because we don't, we didn't know in this period of time what was going to be happening with the current variant and like how that would inform what we could and couldn't do so it's been you know just like a practice and patience as we've moved along in our rehearsal yeah do, do, do you feel i mean as, as we're you know about to do this like do you feel you feel good you feel, you feel like do you have any you know dread about covid or any or, or or the way that this production is progressing like i don't know does it feel you feel feel good about this I'm excited and it's just been so long since I've like performed at this point that it's like yeah. I'm nervous in that way because I'm like oh yeah people will be watching yeah. again and I will be <laughs> up on the thing again and this isn't all like theoretical for one day it's like oh it's this week yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty crazy yeah I will say in noises off we we were kind of always waiting for it to be canceled because so many previous shows had been uh, a number of the cast members in that show were in Hamlet that had waited what was it a year two years to to finally be in production um nine to five got canceled you know rocky got moved so it's always we're we're always holding our breath but at this point i feel pretty confident based on what our cast has been through and yeah we we can do anything at this point we've been through it all yeah Yeah, yeah. At this point, no matter what happens with COVID, I feel like this production, this production will happen at some point, even if we have to keep pushing it back. Our our cast is so, so uh, resilient and tenacious. We we have to do this. But yeah, because I know, like, for me, you know, already having this show postponed once and then me, you know, I got COVID. We had some, some folks got COVID. We had this big surge in the community again. And then we had, you know, we've had to cancel and reschedule rehearsals. We had to, we've had to move back the opening again a week. It was scheduled to Mm -hmm. open a week earlier. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, just, it can be difficult a little bit in this new, you know, state of the world that we're, we're in now, even though we're, we're getting more used to this reality it's it's kind of difficult like working so hard on a show and always kind of have it in the back of your mind that it might not happen or it or it might you know something might have to drastically change and but I feel like you guys are probably like for me I didn't audition you know I I, this is kind of my first thing but like you both have kind of been through it a bunch like you're used to having your (laughs) just working and then having your dreams crushed like (laughs) over and over over. well I mean prior to the pandemic like that type of thing didn't happen right it's like yeah rehearsals two months later we had a show so it's definitely it's still I mean I I say all this and it's still hard to it's still difficult like right like the it's it's, it's a difficult feeling to even at this moment like well you know if 
numbers spike in three days? What does that mean? You know, you yeah. never really know. It's our responsibility that we have to like be able to adjust. And so I got to give props to like our director, Cleo, and like the designer team who's also been like part of that strategic thinking along the way. Because as you guys know, even in the last two months, it's been like <laughs> things popping up here and there, you know, and yeah. little, uh, little things to have to like work around and like you reference like canceled rehearsals or having to reschedule the show again you know it's just like yeah. there's always something having um, to recast a, a couple parts you know definitely. after the first postponement totally. I feel it's definitely that like the show must go on yeah. vibe yeah um well I was gonna say so so I told Steph that since she is intimately involved in the subject of today's podcast, that she, that she would have to be subjected to some punishment that she would not have prior knowledge of. So are you, are you ready for this stuff? Oh my God. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you know, we're all doing uh, this Rocky Horror thing for your community, but what I want to find out is, are y'all even fans? And uh, we don't really know, uh, but we're going to, we're going to find out with some grueling Rocky Horror trivia. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you We're already get... know. That, We're that, well, canceled. I, I, yeah, no, I should say, like, having already listened to the, this discussion, I think you're going to ace. I, I don't think these are actually that hard okay. now, and I feel a little okay. stupid. But I had, I think I have like 10 questions, and, and it will be, but it will be very embarrassing for you if you don't do reasonably well here. <laughs> You know? okay. Yeah. okay so here's so here's how we're gonna do it you know i'll I'll, I'll ask a question then you will collectively uh come up with an answer in a reasonable amount of time i don't have a timer but you, I'm, I'm i'm gonna be on you and if you get the answers right then loco will allow you to carry on with the show okay okay <laughs> okay. Great. okay okay so uh well actually you already said that but my first question was what year was the was the rocky horror picture show movie released you already said this one so this is a this is a test there's a warm-up question i i actually had two different answers so i wasn't 75? even sure 1975 okay oh. agreed and okay yes you are you are correct all right you're, <laughs> off, you're off and running there okay so uh movie was released in 75 but who played Dr. Frankenfurter in the original 1973 London production of Rocky Horror Picture Show? I know. Definitely you know. Well, this is a bit of a trick question because it was Tim Curry. Ooh. That is correct. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I won't, if, if, if one of you is very confident, I won't wait for you. Okay, all right. Yeah, but Tim Curry, okay. I just happen to know that Tim Curry okay. is very famous for basically, you know, kind of creating that character. He played it in the original yeah, okay, okay. musical and in the uh, and in the movie. Steph, Steph's going to flex her knowledge on this. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just okay. worried that Rue, that Rue and David and stuff are listening, so I'm just like, I don't exactly. want to uh -huh, embarrass uh -huh, us, yeah. on, you know, in front of them. Yeah, okay. okay. They're like shouting right. the other end of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Next question. The Rocky Horror Picture Show was written by the actor who plays Riff Raff in both the stage and film versions. Name that actor and uh, writer, I was supposed. Um, no. Oh, you guys. <laughs> says it on our scripts, y'all. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you that half of us or more. O'Brien. <laughs> O'Brien. But the first name is Richard. Oh, okay. Richard. Richard O'Brien. Okay. Yes. I can see his face. I see him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I might. I might have to pull Steph out of this completely. Okay. Just, just yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just, trying to help. We're we're a team. We need our. We need our. Okay. All right. So so who's the next question is whose lips 
appear in the movie's opening credits, even though they are not the person singing the song. Ooh. Oh, I knew this. What? Uh, like, are you asking what character it is? I will. I will accept the the character or the actor's name. Actor, you know, whatever. Oh, is it is it Richard O'Brien? I want to say I want to say it was Magenta, but isn't it Richard O'Brien? So Richard O'Brien is singing. He's singing, but it's not but his it's lips. But it's not his lips. I got it. Okay. I think that you might have been right, though. Huh? I think it's Magenta's lips. Need a need a final answer? Okay. Yeah, I'll say Magenta's say? lips, but not Magenta's voice. It's Richard O'Brien's voice. Okay. That, Are we going that with is, this? That is correct. You, oh, you are, yes. Uh, double correct, guys. All right. The, yes. The actress yes, is, we the actress is Patricia Quinn. Patricia yeah, no, Quinn. No, 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 That's no. right. Patricia <laughs> Quinn. I knew that. And I also know, so of course, we know that in the musical version, gener yeah. generally that song, the opening song, is, is sung by the same actress that plays Magenta, although the character is the usher, the usherette. But, right, uh, yeah. but Patricia Quinn was very upset that they decided to take that song away from her for the movie yeah, yeah. and have Richard yeah. O'Brien sing it instead. So, okay, this is, you, you're, you, Steph is showing way too much knowledge. We might have I to. I know, she's like, here's what? another I just, yeah. I just love that you were hoping that this was going to be embarrassing to me. And then yeah. I'm just well, like, totally, it, now it is I'm, in its own way. I'm embarrassing so, yeah. you. So really, okay, is well. what's happening. All right, next, next question. Next question. Uh, the singer Meatloaf stars as Eddie in the film version. Um, and in 1977, two years later, after the film's release, uh, Meatloaf would release his best ever selling album, which went 14 times platinum in the United States. What was the name of that album? Oh, wow. This is so fun. This is like barely even Rocky Horror adjacent. This is like a whole different. Meatloaf Holy, is a big part. Holy okay. Cook. I didn't Google it at all. Okay. okay. <laughs> great, great. Uh, oh, let me I, think. Oh, shoot. Is it? Bat, um, bat out of, bat out of hell. I think so. <laughs> I think so. That is is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yes! Wow. Holly well, redeems herself in Holly the final inning. Through, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So next question. Uh, in the film version, uh, uh, what are Brad and Janet listening to in the car before they break down? Uh, this podcast, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why they break down. <laughs> next question. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, any any takers? Ooh. I don't know. I really don't know. Some serious fandom tri trivia right there. Uh -huh. I honestly do not know. Was it a popular song at the time? I'm just not, I'm, you've gotten you've done too well already. I'm not giving you any hints. You, you have a guess. No, no, buzzer sounded. They're listening to Richard Nixon's resignation speech. Oh my God! Wow. <laughs> Okay, next question. What happens to Brad and Janet's car that results in them being stranded? You might have to come see the show and find that one out. We can't oh. Spoiler alert, my friend. Okay, I'm sorry. I say, <laughs> but but did, I, did, I hear you, did I hear you say it, Craig? Uh -huh. Yeah, the, the, you, did you ask what happens to the car? The, what happens to the car? Well, I'm not sure if it's different in the movie or the play, but there's a blowout in the front tire is my line. Okay, yes, yes, ding. <laughs> yes, ding, 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 yes. all right, all right. Good. Okay. Uh, that was an easy one, but this one, oh my goodness. The, the, the next question, the movie uh, would ultimately retain much of the original cast, but which Saturday Night Live alum still auditioned for the role of Brad? Oh, 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 oh God, I see his face. Oh man, Steve, no. Um, I think Martin? it was- Martin, no, no. Was it Steve Martin? That is correct. Yeah! Oh man. Nice, yes, okay. yes. Okay, okay. 
uh, you're doing you're doing fairly well. You've only missed one so far. So this is uh, okay. Anyway, next question: If you're if you're in the audience of a midnight showing of the film, or apparently what I'm finding out is is at a at a Ferndale rep show, what are you supposed to do when Brad yells, "Great Scott"? Standing ovation, I think is the yeah. God. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have what to. What are fail. you supposed uh, to do? They say something in reference to Scotty, or right, like it's something. Do you say Gazuntite? Uh, no. So is, is this is this not in the stage version? Is Do you this not say? I've heard some people say. I I mean I feel weird saying it, but suck my cock. <laughs> <laughs> no. You re you really wanted to say that stuff, but that Scott. is. Great <laughs> yeah. uh, no, uh, There is a eh. where there. Okay. No, uh, the correct answer is uh, throw toilet paper and uh, preferably. Oh! Preferably uh, Scott brand toilet. Oh my paper. god! That's like the main thing to the. Of great. course, yeah. I knew that too. Just, just had to be vulgar. All right. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're we're getting near the end of the year. What was the name of the 1981 sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show that featured neither Tim Curry nor Susan Sarandon nor Barry Boswick and was a box office flop? Yeah, flop, not turned cult classic. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're not stating this one. Yeah. Does anybody you know, know else know? I know. I I I saw this at some point in time. I, I do. Shock treatment. Shock treatment. Yeah. Okay. There was also like a this is a bonus question I'm adding in here. What was oh. there was an original name nice. to Rocky Horror that when it before it was called Rocky Horror Picture Show. It was was it called Welcome to Denton High? It was like like yeah, yeah, something like that, or like I don't know. That's a good trivia question. Another addition. Next, next podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next question: Is Barry Bostwick alive? And step. Wait. Was he on? Go Google it, Holly. Uh, I heard you. We heard the sound of the <laughs> clicking and clack. I think he's he's very well known. In Hallmark movies, playing the dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a, he was he was at least around for a movie that aired last year. <laughs> what was okay. it called? I don't remember. We're I think we're we're going with yes, right? Is okay. that our no? And the answer, yeah, uh, yes. Barry Boswick is in fact alive. Well done. Yeah, that's, that's such a probably insulting question to him. No, it's not. He's alive. Good for him. I know. Yeah. Is, it, is he still alive? Does anybody care? Like, does anyone know what he's been up to? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I had to look it up. That's why he was why it also was a on the TV show Spin City. I I do. Okay. Oh, okay. I believe yeah. so. For anyone wondering, he is he is 77 years old and right. doing fine apparently in okay. Hallmark movies. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay, and then uh, so okay, this is my uh, my final question. Tim Curry's Doctor Frankenfurter in the movie has a tattoo on his right arm. What does it say? A heart with a you know. A yeah, but hair. there's a word. There's a word. You are right. It's a heart. Not mom. No, I'm pretty sure that it says boss. Boss. Mm. That is correct. Yay! Yay, good job. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add up your add what up do your we score. win? I'm gonna I'm gonna add up your score here. And uh yes, you all won the game. And Ooh. so what do you win? You get to stage a performance of the Rocky Horror Picture Show oh, for your community. Okay. Um, and everybody's going to love it. Congratulations. So excited. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was fine. Uh, that was good test. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You did. You did. You did. Yeah. If, if there, Steph you wasn't have no around, idea I, what you've just done. There are members of the cast who will listen to this who are going. 
cancel the three of us. Oh, I know. Money. They're going to be so mad. They're going to be like, I knew I, I should have gone on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like I like to make yeah. people's lives more difficult. You probably chose the worst two for trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Just another reminder that Humble Holding Up is brought to you by the North Coast Co-op. And as somebody who uh, operates, works in Old Town Eureka. Let me just say, when those lunchtime hunger pangs hit, I find myself drawn to the salad bar at the North Coast Co-op. What I do is I I go, I take the spinach. I really go overboard on the the tofu chunks. And then um, some, you know, a bunch of onions. I also, I'll throw some chicken in there with the tofu. I go heavy on the protein stuff is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it as much like not a vegetable salad as possible. (laughs) It was really hard for me. You know, the the salad bar went away during COVID for obvious reasons for a little bit. Um, I remember that was really hard on you. It was really hard on me, but it's back. I like a, I like a fat salad. Well, there's no place better to make yourself a fat salad than at the uh, North Coast Co-op. So let's let's go get a salad right now, Andrew. I can't wait. Right now! So, Steph, there's a bunch of grow shops in Humble, right? I think so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and one of those happens to be Humble Hydroponics, which is located at 1302 Union Street. Do you know where that is? Uh, yeah, of course. That's right over by uh, the Broadway Cinema. That's correct. Yeah, there you go. And Humble Hydroponics is committed to helping their community through tough times by providing discounts, keeping prices down whenever possible. Oh, well, do do they have soils, nutrients, supplements? Yes. Yeah. What about trellis, bamboo sticks, watering tools, pH solutions? Generally liquid. Look, they have lighting, LED and otherwise, trays, inserts, perlite, rock wool, fans, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. They have everything. And and where is Humble Hydroponics located again? 1302 Union Street. Right. Right by the Broadway Cinema. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. Give them a call at 707-443-4304. I think in, in talking about this, that all of that stuff, you know, obviously we can, you guys can admit that, that n- neither one of you are, were like particularly big rocky people before, before, you know, doing this show, but you know, you're obviously aware of it. And, you know, why do you think that it is that, that Rocky Horror became such a cultural phenomenon? And, and how do you think that some of the themes of this show that was written like 50 years ago are still relevant today. If you think the themes are relevant (laughs) (laughs) or if you just think that it's campy nonsense, that's okay too. (laughs) It is definitely campy for sure. But I was thinking about the show through like, you know, you're watching Brad and Janet kind of like experience this as a, a young couple who are supposed to be like the template of young conservative, like the cultural norm at the time being introduced mm-hmm. into this world of freedom of expression and androgyny and sexuality and sexual freedom and gender identity. And like, how cool is that, right? To see modeled in the show and to be part of and in people who aren't familiar with Rocky, it's kind of like mirrors their experience watching the show, right? Uh, so definitely think it's still relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's interesting how something like this, that perhaps maybe it wasn't seen as good, but uh, the audience stepped in and said, we're just going to throw some, some things on top and make it extra spicy. So I, and now it is this popular show. So I just think that that part is interesting to me, but also 
the generational pass down that, you know, my 80 year old, very Christian stepdad is thrilled that I'm in this show. <laughs> wow. You do remember what this is about, right? <laughs> yeah. thrilled. And he, it's just this exciting piece of art, if you will, that we're passing down from generation to generation, even though it has these hideous or taboo, I'm putting those in quotations, components, because really it is, as Craig says, you know, having us really take a look at why those are. And yes, does it have issues that maybe, um, are we talking a little about um, the R word, you know, trigger warning there? Mm -hmm. Are we on that? Yes. And, you know, there are components like that that do make it a little uncomfortable, but the overall message of acceptance and, you know, being your full self and sensuality, I think overrides all of the the crud that exists. So I don't know, kind of, it's just the it's a weird, crazy place. I don't know. I'm rambling. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I think I think people are will you know are able to appreciate it as 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 a product of its time. You know, 50 years ago, and 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 value what it did in pushing the conversation forward in, in in American culture, as far as as you say, you know, freedom of expression, and you know, these are these there are themes in this that I, I, the, the vast majority of, of the country had never even contemplated before this uh, gained the, the kind of mainstream foothold that, that it ultimately would. Yeah. And it was so embraced by queer culture and also just, you know, just n- nerdy weirdos. Like going to midnight showings of, of Rocky Horror, I feel like was the place that people went to, to know that they could have fun and be accepted and like express themselves and, you know, dress weird and stuff, you know, who may, who maybe wouldn't necessarily be like invited to the popular kids parties, but like, it was just this group of people, you know, deciding to throw their own more wild, more fun party. And, and I think that that's, that's a part of, you know, the, the message of, of Rocky Horror 2 is just like embracing, you know, just embracing the weirdness, like just being being a weirdo and and loving it and just being, you know, unapologetically yourself. And I do think that the campiness too, like you said, Holly, like I, I yeah, I don't think that when the movie came out, it was even like a big box office success. Like it was no, pretty it, very, it was not. Yeah. yeah, very low budget, like very and and it is it is so cool that it's it really is the the fans who like made it what it is also I think that the, I think that the kind of like badness the campiness the overly campiness of it I think is part of what may be some of the themes and the context a little more digestible for some people who might be a little more conservative is like oh it's just this silly romp it's not like taking a really serious dive into like let's talk about sexuality it's just like this very silly approach to it absolutely and going back to <laughs> playing certain, certain archetypes you kind of get to see that you're wrong about certain archetypes and, you know, me, me accepting the role of Janet and then learning I was wrong about who she, she was and that she's more dynamic than I expected her to be. And so the multi-layering of people, even if you just want to view them as bad or good, it's not so simple, I guess. Yeah. What, 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 what was that? You said you mentioned uh, you had a preconceived notion of who, who Janet yeah. was. I guess just before I knew the show really well, I thought, oh, this is another sweet bird, ingenue, naive, pardon my dog, hopefully you can't hear him. Yeah, a little bit, it's okay, yeah. He's a fan. Um, 
got something to say too. <laughs> so in that way, I think I just, I had put her into this conservative box of, you know, she's probably this pristy virginal, da, 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 you know, and, and maybe she is that, but you, you come to realize like, she's this weirdo freak, just like everyone else, you know, she's yeah. got that. And I think, like I said, you know, having grown up Christian and, and very conservative, I, I do have a lot of, a lot of connection to her and, and what she feels. So. Yeah, that that's totally true. Like, and that's, yeah, that's another big theme of the show is sort of this, you know, sexual awakening of, of Janet and Brad, this kind of conservative couple, like you said, kind of naive and sweet. And then you see that they both, like, they have in them the same, you know, ability to make, you know, to, to give it, give, give themselves over to absolute pleasure, if you, if you will. <laughs> The release of the shame component too that I think right. is so really speaks volumes to because shame can take many different forms and it can look many different ways so it's just releasing all of that yeah that's totally true it's been really really awesome watching you guys play these characters and just seeing what you bring to both of them that's unique I think that something else that can be difficult about being in a show that is so well known for the movie version is, you know, stepping into these roles. I feel like, especially for you, Holly, like playing Janet, who's played by Susan freaking Sarandon. And, you know, I do kind of wonder what both of your guys' process is. Like, how do you, where do you draw your influences from? And how do you make a character like this your own without relying too much on the way it was portrayed in the film? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think I went through like a few iterations of this. And in some ways, I'm glad that this, this show has been like postponed because I had more time to like noodle on this over the yeah. time. Because when I first approached Brad, like I was kind of, I was scared to like do it differently than like the movie version, which is the first thing I think of, right? Where he's yeah. a little more like, I'm not sure what the word is, but straight laced or like uh, a little more firm in his like movements and mm -hmm. communication style. And which, and which is different than how I'm now approaching it. I feel like I kind of tossed that out the window a little bit because, you know, Cleo and her awesome direction was like, well, let's look at like what's needed to balance out the whole like ensemble here. And like, as you're developing your character and you have room to play and like how you present Brad. And so I'm a little more, um, I just approach it differently. So I feel like he's a little more, um is not the word, but I, this is horrible. I'm going to regret saying this, but I was telling, I was telling, I was telling Polly hey. that, I was trying to think of it, what animal Brad is. And over time, I felt like I was starting the show with like, Brad is like a, a horse or something. And now I'm like, Brad is like a little chicken. Like, <laughs> he's just like walking okay. around the stage a little bit, right? And I, I can actually see that. Okay. Yeah. I, I, suppose, yeah. I don't know why, but it's making sense to me. <laughs> okay. so, so people are invited to bring chickens to throw on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, it is in Ferndale, put that out there. Yeah. so I mean, yeah. that's, Prefer yeah. you know. Preferably fried chicken. <laughs> oh. okay. I'm in live chicken. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I guess in the same way, part, part of it is trying to play off of each other. And in some ways, we are sort of one in the, the first act anyway, we kind of move as one unit, breathing together and kind of playing in that way. And, but I, uh, it almost helps to know nothing, because then I cannot be too influenced by never being able to be Susan Sarandon or whomever. Sometimes I think an actor is wrong in how they interpreted something. So I have, I am willing to accept the audience's criticism in that. 
and know that, you know, I've played, I've been in roles where I've changed it as I went and said, oh, oopsie, I'm wrong about that. But like I said, it's, I just don't see her as so much of the sweet bird that I previously thought. And I could be wrong, but that's just how I have, you know, received the material. Can I, can I be a horrible guest and ask uh, you, Stephanie, your like experience in doing this? Because you play a really mm. awesome dynamic role in this show. And so I'm curious, like how your approach has been with playing Columbia. You, you, number one, everyone listening, come see her tap dance and do all her things. You are Oh so- my God. Well, you know, it's been like, for me, obviously, like I have experience in, in dance and in, and in singing on, on the stage, but this is totally the first time I've, I've done something like this. I mean, I, I was in a couple, you know, plays in, in high school and, and younger than that but I don't think I don't think I've ever been in a full-blown like musical production with a speaking role with solos you know like that and and doing the whole thing and and one of the areas that I feel the, the least confident because of that is really like with acting but that's what's been so so great about being a part of a of an ensemble production is like I've just been learning so much from all of you guys and I and I watch you and uh, Rigel who who plays Frankenfurter is just fantastic and most people in this have experience and and I feel like I I feel really comfortable asking all of you questions and I feel like we all do that you know obviously we get the director feedback but we like give each other feedback too without it feeling like we're overstepping you know I, I just feel I feel like we're all comfortable asking each other like do you feel like that was too this or whatever and and giving each other little suggestions and because I was so uh, like I'd never really done a show like this before I came in just so like thinking like I'm just going to be a blank like a piece of clay that the director just like molds into whatever they want and I and I also wanted really bad for everybody to like me you know so (laughs) so I was because I'm like it's my first time like I want the I don't want the director to think that I'm like you know a diva or whatever so I was like I'm just going to be very open to direction like I was I was timid and just kind of all the time being like if somebody hadn't told me exactly what I'm supposed to be doing in this part I'd just like be like hey um what am I supposed to be doing in this part and then you know our director would be like well it's called acting you're supposed to just act <laughs> just be, be your character and act like what you think your character would be doing and that part of it has been has been really fun as I've started to get more comfortable is realizing like oh it's up to me to make these decisions about how I think Columbia is and 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 like and what I think she would be doing in the in this scene how I think she would react to something you know that that somebody else said or whatever and then learning that giving myself permission to just go way the fuck over the top with it because that's the other thing with Rocky is like definitely go over the top and that was an advice some advice that one of the other actors gave me was like do it all just way over do it 110 percent and then let the director say dial it back rather than the other way around you don't want them to constantly be like trying to coax more out of you like you just you need to go for it otherwise they don't have like any direction to give you because you're like not doing anything so (laughs) (laughs) can i I just say like after uh, after two shitty years and we're coming into this summer and everything like just like to watch you, you know, we've done this this podcast for two the, the entirety of COVID. To watch you just kind of gush, like is is nice. Like you're, you're, you're I, I, it's it's nice to see you so excited. Thank you uh, about something. Well, I am, and I think we all are. Like that's been the other thing is I, you know, for me coming, you know, 
not having done theater lo locally before like I fully am doing this because I just wanted to be around other adults who share <laughs> you know interests with me and to have something to do with other people and to like make friends like that's part of why yeah. I am doing it too go, and, you, you go play go play, yeah play. and it is go. and it's been so fun yeah. and I know like we have an awesome cast like everybody in it is so fun and so like hardworking and serious about what they do but they don't take themselves too seriously like yeah. everybody everybody still it. loves to laugh and like have a really good time with it and and make each other just feel like really comfortable and I've really loved that about our about our cast and our crew Goth just said go play I think that's yeah. how we've all yeah. got our roles is playing and failing and then playing some more and going the extremes and that so whether the show is quote good or bad I don't know but I know that we're all we're all having so much fun which is not the case with every show and, and yeah. that's infectious yeah yes yeah. and exactly that's what I feel like Rocky Horror is all about it's not about it being a perfect show you know it's about it being fun and yeah. like mm -hmm. we're all having fun and so I know that that is what really going to read on the stage mm -hmm. and when we're having fun the audience is going to be having fun so we're so we're getting about near near the time that we we have have for these things but yeah, so I would just real quickly want to implore Humboldt, go go see Craig as Brad, go see Holly as Janet, go see Steph as Columbia, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I want I want you all to play and have fun and uh, and and have that fun infect uh, your fellow community members with a sense that it's going to be okay. We're going to go back to having a community joy again. It's 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 possible. But is there is there anything else that you feel is uh, important about this production or that you want people to know? I think I'll just add in, you can, you know, for more info or details, you can go to ferndalerapid.org or you go to our social media pages. And I, if we had more time, I would sit here and list every single person that's involved on the designer and crew team who are putting in a lot of work. Um, but, and also the cast, all the cast members, I mean, everyone's so impressive in what they do. And so just want to like share my appreciation and I'm humbled to like be part of it. <laughs> for yeah, sure. absolutely. Well, I say, yeah, th thank you so much for doing this weird thing of, of sitting on a screen. Um, I think see. let's do the time warp again, guys. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again so much to my castmates, Holly and Craig, AKA Janet Weiss and Brad Majors, AKA slut and asshole. <laughs> Wait, is that is that in it? I don't yeah. Like, so okay. you didn't even get. Oh yeah. That's well, I mean, of, you asked that question, but I didn't. I don't. One of the I big call outs in in Rocky Horror is that every time some they say Janet, the audience calls her a slut, and then every time they say Brad, he is referred to as an mm. asshole. So it's yeah, yeah charming, it's yeah, okay. really uh, mature. Yeah. Yeah. humor He's stuff a, going on there. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so take weird. your kids take your grandma <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. but anyway thank you guys so much it was fun to talk to them if you've never been to rocky horror check it out tickets yeah, try on sale fun. try out fun people go to ferndellrep.org the show runs friday may 27th through june 19th and it's every weekend during that time so come check it out it's a it's a raucous time all right shameless right. self-promotion in the can thank you steph and we'll see y'all <laughs> next week bye bye
Once again, we want to remind our listeners that Humble Holding Up is generously sponsored by the North Coast Co-op. You know, as somebody who lives at Arcata and works in Old Town, I spend an awful lot of time going to the co-op, both for my grocery shopping and lunch eating needs. What about you, Goff? Well, I I mentioned the salad, but the other thing (laughs) I get often is the, uh, I get the, the, the sushi, you know, they got the the sushi oh, yeah, yeah. stand there and I, I go and I'll get the the the, the poke bowl. Have you ever had the poke bowl? Oh yeah. I love the poke bowl. And I also oh. love the the popcorn tofu. That's a that's a fan favorite, I'm told. Very popular in, in Humboldt County. They refer to it as hippie crack. Am I not you heard it here first. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think uh, you've you've personalized the product. And uh, everybody's going to rush down to the North Coast Co-op to get that hippie crack. That's right. Check out the North Coast Co-op, a Humboldt's organic community-owned grocery store since 1973. Mike, you're like kind of a, a gardener or like a landscaper of sorts, aren't you? <laughs> you I have, have some land. <laughs> Okay. Well, a lot of folks in Humboldt County are. And uh, for those people, a great place to go check out is Humboldt Hydroponics. Yeah. You know of this? Yeah, they're over on 1302 Union Street in Eureka. That's by Broadway Cinema. Yes, that is that is right. And and these guys are very knowledgeable. Their staff, they're familiar with Humboldt's climate, so they can help you with your, your indoor and outdoor growing needs, whatever those may be. They got yeah. lighting, soils, pH solutions, fans, trays, all that, all that stuff. All yeah. that, you know, you know this That's stuff. Handy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you got to check them out. They're they're locally owned and operated. Now, if I buy a big old uh, uh, bag of, of soil or, or or whatnot, do I am I going to have to haul that myself? Like, if I, like put it in my truck myself. I mean, is is what I'm getting at there. If, if, if you feel like you want to do that to help get some muscles, then you can. Yeah. But no, you don't have to do that. That's the one of the other great things about Humble Hydroponics yeah. is the staff will will help you load up your truck. They'll even help with a curbside pickup, you know, if you need, if you want to do that, just give them a call, give them a call to to figure out how they can help you. It's 707-443-4304. Humboldt Hydroponics, helping you with all your growing needs.